a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Matt and Liz. And we are here to talk about the second three-episode arc of Andor that is encompassed by the episodes Aldani, The Axe Forgets, and The Eye. So before we uh, get into specifics here, both of you are not writing about this show weekly. I am. So I am, <laughs> I am, I am forced to watch these in... Uh, one episode chunks, which I think gives me maybe a um, I think in some ways I prefer that experience, but in others, I think it's definitely not the way the show is intended to be consumed. So my my question for you is now that we have now that you've watched two of these in three episode chunks, is this the way you're gonna consume the show from now on? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I was forced to watch all three of them very quickly just now because <laughs> I forgot to about our taping. Um, but yes, I, I, this is the way I plan on watching episodes from now on. Yeah, I, it, it feels very much like the droid series where they are mm. small arcs pushed together that you can pick in and out of. So that's another thing we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, it just feels more engaging. I I think to watch them this way, it's not necessarily terrible. I think to watch them individually, and like you said, I can see how there are some merits. I just think it is more engaging for me to watch the the full story arc at once. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, you know, I I would think that like I was talking with a friend of the show Zach Wilkerson, and he was saying that well, we were saying together that. It would have been really interesting if Disney had said, listen, we're, we've made four Andor movies, and once a month we're going to release these Andor movies, and you're going to get these like 90 minute to 110 minute, whatever it is, you know, um, little mini seasons of the show. I think that would have been a really unique way to do this. Yeah. Do you mean just like it would be just one each episode, or the three episodes would just be one sort of one movie yeah yeah and they would just do like yeah. a season of movies even mm -hmm. you could even spread it out over a year every once a quarter you release an andor movie that's interesting yeah because i i, I think they yeah <clears throat> sorry I, my, Liz. yeah it's okay I, my parents lost interest they didn't like like the first or two episodes and they're just not they're not watching right but i think i think it also could have been an hour-long series and made it into four episodes i don't think enough happens in either three episode arc to require three episodes of time um i would agree with you about the first arc i would not agree with you about the second arc to mm -hmm. me the second arc tells a pretty complete story and does so there's only one thing you would have to trim from the entire three episodes which is anything to do with cyril who is the um the imperial guy who gets fired, or the the, the the security guy who gets fired by the empire, like we get scenes with his mom in the second in the fifth episode, you know, like that stuff. You would have to probably pull out and put someplace else, which is fine. But other than that, like this, these three episodes kind of just tell one story, 
and I think that I think there's not too much wasted time in these three. Um, but let's let's get into it. So this um, these episodes pick up with you know uh, Cassian along with um, I always forget his name Luthen. There it is. I have written on an index card next to my desk here. So so, so we're talking about him. I can say his name. Uh, Luthen was played by Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, the two of them are going off on this mission, and Cassian is told, you're going to be joining this group, you're pulling off a heist, you're stealing a month's worth of Imperial credits, and then that's kind of all he knows, and he gets thrown into this situation where he meets these other rebels, they are planning on stealing you know, a, a lot of money from this Imperial uh, fort on the occasion of this thing called the Eye, which is a combination like meteor shower aurora borealis type thing that happens on the planet of Aldani and they're using that as cover to escape and you know we'll get into the the rebels for a second but Matt I know you were a little bit um hesitant about the show because you felt that Cassian was not the character to base this show around if you're trying to tell like an early days of the rebellion story, you felt like maybe this wasn't the best character to uh, to lead that with. Mm-hmm. You, after seeing the second episode, the second you know arc of episodes, which is sort of just telling this one story that happens to be one of the rebellion's first like big victories, are you softening on that stance at all? Uh, no, I'm actually more confused by it. Okay, because we we have a character continuing. It's it's the same issue with uh legolas in like the hobbit movies so he just keeps learning the same lesson over and over again don't trust people open up a little bit no wait don't trust people no maybe open up a little bit no don't trust people and it it i i I don't need to see the same character journey he went on in rogue one multiple times before then um so i don't I don't. It also feels, honestly, like a completely different character from the one we saw in the first three episodes. Motivations seem different. Um, demeanor is different, and not in a growth way, in a way that feels like writers split up the episode arcs like kids do on a group project. <laughs> and person number two forgot that his sister was his moving character arc. And didn't write that in at all. Um, so it just... Again, I almost would have understood these three episodes better and him better as a character not watching the first um, three episodes. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Liz, what, what, what do you think about this, the character of Cassian right now? Um, I, I'm still enjoying watching it and I still like the character of Cassian. Um, I, I do feel like the tone of the whole series overall is, is dark and dark for star Wars. And I think part of that is Cassian himself and who he is. Um, and based on, you know, the end of that sixth episode, you know, there were various things that happened throughout these episodes in particular, that sixth episode, that I think made this kind of dark. And I think part of that is Cassian's character. Um, Yeah, and I understand that um, part of his maybe driving motivation was his sister. But, you know, sometimes our wives take some some detours 
And it seems like, you know, he's leaving at least the rebellion now. Um, maybe he'll get back to that. But this seems like an offer he couldn't couldn't refuse, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I, I do like that... I, he, he seems to be a darker character for Star Wars, which lends itself to a darker tone overall for the show, e- even for the people that we're supposed to consider maybe as as the heroes or e- even the other heroes, even the other members of the rebellion or the ones that are left after the end of this arc. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I've written about this issue a little bit and I'm of two minds. So. On one hand, what I'm afraid is going to happen with this show is what I was afraid was going to happen for Better Call Saul. I know Matt watched Better Call Saul. Liz, did you watch it? I did not. Okay. Well, this isn't spoiling anything, but... I'm never going to watch it, so it's fine. Why not? Never. Uh, No, because I tried to watch Breaking Bad and I couldn't get into it. It's a firm stance. It is a firm stance. Wow. Yeah. Um. I'd have a new mission in my life, and that's to make Liz watch Better Call Saul. Yeah, I hope Bob Odenkirk doesn't listen to this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, Bob, if you're listening, thank you for the support. But um, no, uh, my um, with Better Call Saul, you're taking a character that you've already seen a lot of, and you're trying to make that character more deep. And I think there's a lot of ways that can go wrong because the place that we meet Cassian. He's a pretty dark character, and he's pretty um, he's pretty ruthless. Like the first thing we see him do in Rogue One is kill a dude because the dude has a limp, and it will be hard for him to get out of the situation that he's in. So Cassian, as a pragmatist, just shoots the guy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very cold, uh, mercenary approach to rebellion. Here, we see he's given the choice between complete the mission and get a doctor for the kid who was just injured and he chooses to get the doctor. And to me, that's a red flag. Like, if you're trying to tell me that in four four years from now, this guy is going to be cool. Just murking a dude because he's got a limp. He wouldn't be, he's not going to get harder edged from here. He's already on the run. Like you would think that the rebellion would mean more to him in the future. And I just feel like there's no, if he if he's if he's cold then warm then cold then warm that's not going to make for very interesting narrative television. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I, I'm a little bit concerned about that aspect of it. Is that they're trying to make him? I don't want to say too likable because that's not the right word, but they're trying to make him maybe too compassionate too early. Like part of the reason that Rogue One works is because we see the transformation that Cassian takes from somebody who is, you know, when he leaves, um, I think it's on Yavin 4, that scene takes place, and the one guy is like, listen, you do not uh, you do not save um, Galen Erso. You, you kill mm-hmm. him. And he's like, got it. And then he doesn't kill Galen Erso, and that's growth for his character, right? So it just seems like the arc of Rogue One is him embracing compassion and setting the rebellion as something different than the empire that the part of the rebellion is standing up for your beliefs and saving the people I mean, to quote the last jedi like to save the people who you love right and so i feel like mm-hmm. that's a big part of cassian's growth and it seems like why would he need that growth 
if he's the character that we're seeing already. Does that make, you know, am I making any sense here? Am I just speaking in circles? Do you mean if he was compassionate already? Like yes. we see here? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just seems like they're yo-yoing his compassion around. Yeah. Well, don't worry. He's got not one, but two sad backstories now. Because not only did he grow up on a planet that no one knew existed uh, in a child tribe, but he also was forced to fight for the Empire against other members of the Empire. Will we continue that story in the next part? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so, Matt, I, I'm really interested in your um, your take on this because... You know, I I don't do a ton of like Reddit digging or things like that, but I sort of you know I, I have my lists on Twitter and I have you know friends in real life, some of mm-hmm. them at least, um, and uh, you know so I get I tend to get a sense from people about what they're feeling about the show, and I am seeing almost universal acclaim for this show, and um, I'm trying to pinpoint what it is that is like the number one thing sticking in your craw about it. I have my issues with its pacing and I have my issues with its characterization of Cassian, like I said, of just sort of this this yo-yoing of compassion. But beyond that, I think that the show is easily the best-looking Star Wars show of all time. Like, mm-hmm. it is it is easily lapping The Mandalorian and Boba Fett because it's not shot on that thing called The Volume. All this is shot, like, on location. And that will always look better than a fake location. Even No matter how close a fake location can get, a real location will always look better on camera. Yeah. And I think that the acting has been really good overall. I think that the score is a very unique score for a Star Wars project. You know, I think that from a technical standpoint, I, I think the show is really doing its job. Do you feel the same way or do you do you dislike those elements as well? No, I, I, I agree on all those pieces. I think it exists as very good puzzle pieces. But when it comes together into a story that then connects with a story we've already seen, which remember the entire encapsulation of that movie is rebellion, rebellions are built on hope, which we're not seeing much right now. Um, This this episode posits that the galaxy runs on luck, which I meant to write mm, about today. I didn't get a chance to the difference mm -hmm. between luck and hope. But I think that I think that's actually a very purposeful choice. I like that there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think even if they had, for example, made episodes one, two, and three about, um, really any of the other characters, you could have even made it about the, um, not the Imperial officer, the mining operation officer, Mm -hmm. like have anyone other than Andor in that role. You could have made that about, I think the series would have worked better if the main character was Luthen. I think you're using Andor to fill a bunch of gaps that then don't really make sense in an idea of an overall story arc, in an idea of just him as a weird... It's like, I don't know what the opposite of a Mary Sue is. He's like a Debbie Downer who then just everything centers around his sadness. It It just... I feel when it all comes together as a story of Andor, a character who, like you see, like you said, we saw go on a journey, go on journeys that don't match that, just feels like it 
loses it when it comes together. Because I I honestly think if though these three episodes we saw was based around Dax, was that her name? Which one? The the main woman? The main woman. Vel. Vel. Um Dax. Um Dax Shepard is married to Kristen Bell. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um if it was about her, I think this would have been a great story. But shoving Andor in it makes it less so. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like um well Liz, I'm gonna get your take on this for a second first. Do you think that do you think that that the show itself is is succeeding despite Cassian or because of Cassian? I, I think it's succeeding maybe a little bit despite him. Um, and I think everything that you mentioned, you know, Brian, all of those elements I agree with. I think there are so many things working well with this show. And mm-hmm. like Matt mentions, I really liked Vel. I think all of these supporting characters are great. Um, even the guy from the bear, I forget what his character's name was. I haven't seen the bear. What, what does he do? Is he, is he, is he the, the true believer or the guy that gets killed? The guy the that end. gets killed. Okay. Um, uh, he's Skeen. True, yeah, Skeen. And even the, the younger, the young kid, I mean, they were both, I, I thought, well sketched out characters and that too. I'm, I'm actually, I'm intrigued by the writing for the show, I think the writing is good. Just even in terms of not to get, I'm going to get real English teachery here, but the dialogue, the the word choice, and even I, the syntax or like the way certain characters speak. I thought the scene between uh, is it Cyril, the guy that lost his job? Yes, yeah. The the scenes between he and his mother. Oh, I love those scenes. Oh my god, they I were love those great. Scenes. I felt like they were almost Shakespearean the way they were talking to each other, just the two of them, the way she seemed to be pushing him. I thought that was a bit like foreboding, just their relationship where that was headed. I I just think there are a lot of interesting pieces going on in the show, and like Cassian might not be the most interesting piece. There's just a lot of other things working well in conjunction here even in um the opening scene maybe in the fourth episode what was it like the bureaucratic um imperial security bureau Mm -hmm. just sort of the whole feeling of that um i i just think a lot of those things work very well yeah i I think that there's a couple of things that like to me one of the one of the look and I, i we shouldn't have to say this right but obviously, these are all just our personal opinions, and that you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we don't have any sort of uh, authority on how people should feel about this show or anything like that. I do like that all of us have very different opinions about the show. I think that makes for good conversation. But the thing that I think has been the most bothersome to me is how I don't really know yet. I don't want to say why Cassian's part of the show because obviously it's because he is he's a marquee character that they can plug in there right but I think that there are elements of his that his elements of the show like Matt has been alluding to are maybe some of the more problematic or less um, less successful elements of the show mm-hmm. however I will say that I think Diego Luna is doing a really good job with this show Mm-hmm. I, I think he is really acting his ass off with it, and I think that he makes 
he makes a lot of what happens on this show a lot more palatable than an actor with lesser skills would have would have done like there there's something that he says in uh in this week's episode where he's talking to Nemec who is the true believer kid who literally gets crushed by imperial money which that is not subtle in the slightest like it is, it is he is killed by capitalism essentially um uh, but you know he like when when he and Cassian are talking and Cassian says like they don't think of you at all. It was essentially that scene from Mad Men when mm-hmm. um, you know uh, what's his name Ginsburg says to uh, Don Draper, "I feel sorry for you." And Draper says, "I don't think about you at all." Like he it, he's saying the Empire doesn't care, and the way he delivers that with such vitriol and such compassion at the same time, like he's he's telling Nemec they don't care, but he's kind of saying but I care like he's not, he doesn't come out and say that, but there's this implication there that, that there's thought and care behind the character. It's all handled really, really well by Diego Luna in that Mm -hmm. role. Um, And I wonder if at the end of this, we will have a better feeling about how it all fits together. For me, I am not so concerned with, the question of why is this a Cassian Andor show? I know Matt that that has you hung up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I I am not as hung up on that part of it. My hangups are going to be twofold. If I feel at the end of this, and, there, and there's two seasons of this, and they're each going to be I think the same length of time, so that's essentially like eight mini movies. Oh my is, god! Which is a, which is a crazy <laughs> amount. There will be more movies starring Cassian Andor than there will be starring like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi essentially. Um, yeah, he'll he'll be in more than Palpatine, who will probably return somehow, just because that's what he does. Um, but uh, you know, um, but so at, at the end of that, if I if it feels like that has somewhat mucked with Rogue One, I will be disappointed because mm-hmm. I think that the best parts of Star Wars are additive. And that's why the Clone Wars is so dope, and that's why Rebels is so good, right? It's adding to these experiences that we have as fans, and it's giving us more to care about and more to love. So I don't want it to contradict that in any way, you know? And look, Star Wars has been contradicting itself since day one, right? Like <laughs> The fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi has to say, what I told you was true from a certain point of view in Return of the Jedi, like, <laughs> that that just tells you, like, this, was always, this has always been an issue. But I will be bummed out if that happens. The other thing I'll be bummed out about is, like, I think that these rebels that we saw, specifically Nemec, the true believer kid, I feel like I wanted more time with that kid before he died. Because I, I, I'm really interested in somebody who was approaching the rebellion for purely philosophical and ethical reasons. Like, we have not seen that really yet. We've seen people like Sagarera who are... Um, who are militants. We've seen people who get conscripted into the fight because of a friend. We've seen people whose homeland has been destroyed. It mm-hmm. seems like Nemec is like the philosopher of this, and we haven't seen that yet. So what I'll be bummed about is if we're not going to get more time with these interesting characters because we had to make Cassian Andor the focal point, as opposed to if this show was called, like, The Rebellion Begins, and each of these mini arcs, like, one of them could be about... Cassian Andor, but if mm-hmm. each of them focus on a different piece of the of the rebellion, and we feel like we don't get enough time with those characters because we're spending time with a character we already have time with, you know, am I making any sense, or am I just again rambling? No, I I fully agree. I think it would have been 
great. I think these stories are great, but trying to tie them together, it feels like tying them, tying together good ideas um, with this character that has minimal name recognition. But again, I I am with you 100%. I think he is acting his ass off. Um, but I also think it's kind of hard when we have now, I guess, two and a half series where the main character is not particularly interesting or emotive. Like, there's only so many stoic dudes that you can see in a row before you're like, all right, enough. Because Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and this... It's a lot of the same guy just scowling, mostly under a mask in the sense of the other two. <laughs> right. Um, say, at least he's not wearing a helmet. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's the parts where he's raw that I think are the best. But it's also the parts that he's raw that seem to come from random areas. Okay. Hmm. So Because he can be mad at the Empire because... You know, they forced him to grow up in a jungle or they forced him to fight as a soldier or they took his sister or they anything. He just seems angry at the rebels and the Empire and everyone around him. Um, but then at other times, loving and caring and loyal. I mean, and I it like... doesn't feel like a rhyme or reason as to why. <laughs> Maybe part of this is just that you're a gentleman in touch with his feelings, but I feel like I know a lot of men who, who that describes in the world. <laughs> like, uh, you know, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just you know, people mad at the world for no real reason, and just you know, just just walk around looking for a fight. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Liz. So I I, I want to run a couple of a couple of subplots by you. And I want to sort of gauge what you're most interested in going forward. Mm, all um, right. Here are your three choices. Okay. Ready. Um, Luthen and his, like, um, antiques business cover story. That's okay. number one. The Mon Mothma family dynamic. And the uh, Cyril looking for a new career because of his uncle helping him out, but also still carrying around a picture of Cassian and is mad at him for some reason. Oh, man, this is tough. All right, so <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to, like, parse this out and say, here's what I'm interested in maybe for each of them. So in Luthen, I'm most interested in his hair situation. <laughs> that, that, wig, that, <laughs> that is a good wig. It is, right? It's a great wig. Yeah. We um, see him put yeah, it on too. Yeah. Like it, you know, he keeps it. He keeps it very well quaffed someplace. But it's a that, that's a Stanley Tucci in mm. Hunger Games wig. <laughs> it's great. That that is true. Yes. Um, let's see. So Mon Mothma. Um, I think um, that's a close. So Luthen is my my number three. Okay. Mon Mothma is a close number two. I am interested in that because I'm also intrigued by her. Husband, how did I describe him? Um, her husband dressed as a white man samurai. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, he, her he's, daughter. He's basically. Uh, what I actually, I, again, I meant to write about this. Didn't have no space in the column. I feel like he dresses. His dress to a Jedi is white people's dressing to black culture. Where like yes. he's, he's appropriating the culture but making it lamer. 
Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'd yeah, i like to know more about um, Mon Mothma's uh, nice outfits as well and her daughter. Um, I guess she's, you know, a teenager. Um, but, uh, I, you know, even though we got the least of it, I feel like I am super intrigued by Cyril and his and his mom uh, and what his, it was it his uncle, what he thinks yes. he'd be best at. Those scenes were just so intriguing, even though they were sort of not um, woven in as well into the story. Matt, same question for you. Um, Luthen number one. I think Luthen um, should have been the main character of the series. Um, I would say number two, Mon Mothma. I mean, those scenes are painful to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's so like gut wrenching watching a like a family hate each other. Um, which it's interesting to give another another side to a character that's been just kind of a generic glow of sun in the series. So I like that. Um, and I, I, I could not care less about Cyril. Um, I, what are we assuming? Are we assuming that he's going to get into the rebellion and have to team up with Andor and they're going to have to like go back to back and be like, Hmm, I don't like you, but I guess we have to do this. So I thought that's where it was going. I th- I, th- I think he's going to try and take him down to get his position back. Yeah. But his position doesn't exist. He d- The mining but- operation's done, so is he going to join the ISB? Is that what it I, is? I think he is basically just tilting against a windmill here, but thinks that he can thinks that he's better than he was portrayed to be and is trying to prove it to somebody who doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And, and I honestly think that this season is going to end with him capturing Andor. Cassian, I keep want to call him Andor because I was always taught you refer to characters by the last names. When the show is Andor, it's hard to do that. So I think he's going to capture Cassian and... Clem, you can call him Clem. We'll capture Clem. Yeah, there we go. Can you hear me, Clem Fandango? <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking of that. Sorry. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's all and, you can think of. And uh, and then no one's going to really care. like the, And I think that that's going to break him some more. Uh, that, that's where I ultimately think that his his arc is going. But so for me, I think um, I think that Luthen is number three only because I don't know what his story is going to be for the rest of the series. Like his job was to get Cassian in with those rebels and pull off that heist. Depending on what he's doing next will determine my level of interest there. Um, yeah, because that heist has now theoretically made him independent, at least momentarily, from Mon Mothma. So he's calling shots for once. Do we know that for sure? I Then that's what I assumed was happening. Because we see her go to him and, and says that she can't move funds around the way that she could before. Right, but, right. But he just has stolen a ship full of money. Right, right. So th- that's what you mean. Okay, I, I understand mm-hmm. now. Sure. Um, I would say second is the Mon Mothma family drama. Um, I just, I love, one of my favorite things about this series so far is that it is showing us two very distinct sides of Star Wars that we have only got glimpses of before. The first is the sort of rank-and-file Imperials. Like, yes, we know they're all space Nazis. That's established. But, like, 
the woman, and I'm forgetting her name now, and I need to look it up, but I wish I had done that before this. The woman who is, like, working in the Imperial Command, who is trying to, uh, like, like track him down. Um, who noticed the pattern of... Um... Yes, yeah, the, the, the pattern of there not being a pattern. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her name in the show is... Where are you? Um, but regardless, I think that it's interesting to see somebody who was really good at their Imperial job. And, like, you can sort of see, like, how this could be a career for somebody, right? It's just, it's an interesting way. We haven't really dealt with that Imperial stuff very often. Um, I like that. Her name is uh, Dedra Miro. Yeah, Dedra Miro. Okay. I, I also really like Mon Mothma's husband, whose name again I keep forgetting it's it's something it's Perrin Perrin Furta I like that he is basically just he is like the embodiment of an eight-term senator in the U.S. whose sole <laughs> job is just to get himself reelected over and over again like he does not seem to have any real ambition besides keeping himself in the lifestyle to which he is accustomed and I think it's very easy for us to say like if I were living in Star Wars I would be a rebel well, a lot of people would probably just get used to the boot on their neck and just get used and exploit that however they can. And so I think that those are interesting characters to explore, and I'm enjoying what the show is doing with both of them. Um, and then I'm most excited about the serial thing just because, like, I, I know they couldn't come out and say, like, this is a Jewish mom or this is an Italian mom, but, like, it totally feels like a stereotypical Mediterranean mother who... Um, like is passive aggressive and mm -hmm. uh, whatever, and I think that that that's something we've never seen in Star Wars before. Um, also intriguing. Did you guys? <laughs> I mean, Watto wasn't uh, enough. Why this isn't this isn't specifically somebody putting on like Jewish uh, mannerisms and stuff. This is just you know <laughs> a um, just a you know a stereotype. Generic ethnic mother. Yes, exactly. Yes, generic ethnic mother who nags too much. Um, but did you guys see the amazing thing that people found? what cereal he was eating no you, you know how there's, no. That, there's that scene where the mom pours him cereal oh yeah which also i love that she's pouring him a children's mm -hmm. cereal like it's just everything about that scene was just chef kiss emoji it is the specifically the trolls world tour edition of tricks they no. put out <laughs> just the blue pieces of the trolls world tour tricks wow uh, cereal. wow okay God bless the internet, because that's one of those things that, like, we would be, I would, I would think about as a kid, and then instantly never think about it again, because there's no way to find that out. But on the internet, everything is possible. It's all right there for you. Um, but yeah, I, I think that stuff is really interesting in the show, and it's, I understand why we didn't get more with him this week, because this, in this past episode, the Eye, there was so much to do with those rebels that I understand why you don't want to cut away from that more than you have to. But I do think that the next arc will hopefully have a lot of Cyril stuff. Um, at least yeah. I, I know Matt is not as interested in that storyline as we no. are. But... I mean, we got to find out. I, there's only two reasons why you keep the picture of someone, because they are your nemesis or you love them. <gasps> Could we have another gay hand touch? Perhaps. Perhaps. That this was the closest thing... Star Wars has ever come to to uh, a true gay characters. Uh, you are forgetting how there's that one random kiss at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, if you watch the like bottom right hand corner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Sir. But I thought that was nice. Well, I thought they were going to um, bring in um, Afra, but once they showed the two of them together, I was like, oh, you're not gonna like throw every lesbian in Star Wars together. So I guess Captain or Doctor Afra, not Captain Do- Afra. Doctor Afra, yes. Dr. Afra is going to have to wait for another live action series. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Afra shows up if they do a season two of Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. I feel like she is, she is so Vader connected mm-hmm. that I would think you'd see her more there. Um, but we'll see. Could we, what, what, here's my other question. Sure. Just random. What is the logistics of her escape route. So she's dressed like an Imperial troop, not trooper, like officer. Right. Wandering into the night as the only, at this point, living brown person on the planet. <laughs> well, And she, like, why didn't she put her swimsuit back on and, like, swim away? It's very, I don't, the whole heist, not well planned, but we've seen a lot of heists in Star Wars. Never do they go well. I mean, it's not the worst heist that Andor is part of because he doesn't right. blow up at the end of it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is true. The, the only thing I could think of was she wasn't going to escape, or she was just gonna don some of the um, indigenous people's clothing and sneak right. Out that would have been a smart move. Like everyone else came in wearing that type of clothing. Yeah. Well, so I, I think her options are somewhat limited here, right? Like she had to get out of that that base without being stopped. And if she wasn't dressed like an Imperial, she could never have gotten out of there. They mm-hmm. obviously changed at some point. We saw them change into that clothing. So she might still have or, you know, rather we saw them like the two of the two women went off and they had their like separate place they spent that night the night before the heist Mm -hmm. there could be a change of clothes there that she will then change into and then will just be an indigenous slash shepherd person there but i do see i do see the plan is that she will hang out on planet for a few weeks or months before leaving Mm -hmm. that she is there for the the relative long haul Um, which feels like not the greatest plan when everyone's seen your face well, well, who yeah. has seen her face? It's alive. Yeah. All the people in that room. They didn't kill the mm. um, Imperials. They weren't. In, she wasn't in the room with them, was she? Well, the she guy's was. family. I think his wife and the guy's oh. family. Everyone mm-hmm. who's an operator there. So generally, your smartest individuals in the Imperial right, right brigade. <laughs> right, but they also probably think that all the rebels left. Like they, they probably yeah. wouldn't think that one of them was. That, that was around. my bigger question: is why didn't she just leave with them? I wonder if that's part of the plan. Mm. You know, to throw them off the scent. Mm. Um, I again, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I could, honestly, we could never interact with these characters again. For all I know. Well, that that is, I, I do have that question. That I want to get to, and, and I'll, I'll leapfrog my next discussion point to get to that one first. Then. So in the first three episodes, we met a bunch of characters. You know, there was his buddy who worked with the gloves. I don't know what his job was, but the guy who <laughs> hangs the gloves up on the wall when he's done. He, right? uh, he 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 pulled wires out of 
starships. Yes. So the starship wire puller guy. We <laughs> met uh, his ex-girlfriend or female friend, whatever, the one whose boyfriend sold him out. We met his mother. We met that uh, the cute droid of this series that will be a toy by Christmas. <laughs> and then we left them behind for three episodes. We haven't seen them at all. In this episode, the end of this, we still have uh, two of the live two of the six people who were part of his team. They are still alive, but they are scattered across the galaxy. You know, not together right now. Um, do we think we're going to see any of these characters again? I I don't know. We may see. Um... The blonde leader one, maybe? Uh, Vel, yeah. Vel? I mean, we're going to see Luther again. Luthin. Yeah. Again. Because um, he's the connection to Andor. Right. So he, I assume, is going to reach out to him yes. he wherever be, he I think ends he's up be hiding. a big part of the show, yeah. 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 So um, Andor is going to go maybe try to look for his sister again. Get pinched by the investigational bureau which is different than the navy again we've seen navy 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 for 30 years and now we're throwing in a bunch of other stuff but whatever liz do you think we're gonna see these characters ever again um you know when i was watching this episode i thought i was like oh maybe we'll never see the characters from the prior three episodes again Mm -hmm. but at the end of episode six when cassian was leaving, I was like, well, maybe we will see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think um, maybe we'll see Val again. And the only thing right now that makes me think that is because she gave him um, that kid, I forget his name, the True Believers Nemec. Manifesto. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems like... Cassian is now done with the rebellion and maybe she doesn't <laughs> want him to be. Well, he, uh, Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that the kid could talk. So I'm not sure that was his intention. Maybe it was hers. Right. So I had that, the same thought. Yeah. So that but makes me yeah. think that maybe we will see her again. He goes back to the junkyard planet. Cause that was his plan, right? Was to get money and then get the rest of them out of there. And then the, female friend finds the journal she becomes indoctrinated because now she's lost her boyfriend um to the to the empire and she pushes him further into the rebellion yeah i don't i don't i I really don't know i could i could be totally convinced that we're gonna see all these characters again or i could be totally talked into we're never going to see any of them again and yeah. i think that that's an interesting place to be right now i don't really know what the benefit of telling us the answer to that is like i think that in some ways well, that's what star wars does right it introduces characters and then we get to we get to wonder the rest of our lives we'll ever see ig88 again <laughs> Right, and then when we do we do the Leonardo DiCaprio putting at the TV meme from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, yeah, you know, so I feel like that that is that is the whole idea of Star Wars in a nutshell. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I, I and don't... then they'll just add new people who you were supposed to know, like Holdo. So right, yes. Uh, and then there will be many novels where we'll, we'll get these stories. I, I actually wonder where we're going to see these rebels pick up next. The ones we just saw, like, are we going to see more about Vel's story elsewhere? Are we going to see how Nemec got radicalized in a, in a novel somewhere? Like, we <laughs> yeah. probably will see all these. Uh, how eventually. many more? prequel series will we have before this prequel series <laughs> exactly yes because they love telling a story in reverse yes they do um so here is here is my question that i wanted to ask that i wrote about today and i think i believe the way the show presented it but there's a chance that i have a totally different read on it so skeen is the character who survives with um with Cassian and Vel, and they bring Nemec to that doctor, and the doctor can't save Nemec. So Skeen and Cassian are talking outside the the med bay or whatever it is, and Skeen is trying to convince Cassian to take the money with him and to leave. Part of me thought he's trying to test Cassian. He actually does believe in this stuff, and Cassian overreacted and killed him. Did either of you get any sense of that watching it? Hmm. I thought that's I, – I didn't get it. By the time he shot him, I didn't think that was the case. I was wondering if that's where it was. But when he said he lied about the brother, um, I thought that – Well, he didn't um, say that. He said, I have no brother. He didn't mm-hmm. say, I had – I actually went and put the captions on to check this. Mm-hmm. He said, I have no brother. To me, that uh, is that is mm-hmm. not saying that didn't happen. It means, he said, what about your brother? I have no brother. He's thinking about himself now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily a lie or not. It might be. It's it's all very ambiguous, but go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I, I th- thought it, again, going into my um, Casino Royale analogy. Uh-huh. Um, the first kill, because I do believe that we saw Cassian's first kill in episode one, the first kill's the hardest, and then it gets easier. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see it keep getting easier for Cassian. Okay, but, but you think that, do you think that, uh, that Skeen was actually trying to get him to yes. leave? That, that wasn't, that wasn't him testing this rebel to make sure he no. was a true believer. Then, then why was he so insistent on getting the getting uh, Nemec to a doctor? Who Skeen? Yeah, I didn't know Skeen was oh, uh, because, insistent on getting. Yeah, because Vel is saying we should just we, he's dying. We have to get to the, the rendezvous point, and he says no. That he points me says that kid is the reason we're all here. We have oh, to get him because to a doctor. that that's a much better way. I mean, going to the rendezvous point, you lose your opportunity to steal the money. Yeah, that's what I figured. I figured he could get uh, Cassian alone then. Maybe. I, I just feel like in that instance, you pull or out a gun, he may not have that kid not be in the way of a thing. Or not, maybe he's the reason the kid's dead. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. That seemed to be an avoidable workplace accident. <laughs> yes. That looked like something you have to watch on a PowerPoint video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, it's like Un- unharnessed money can yeah. cause harm. <laughs> Every year we just have to watch the same paper cutter video <laughs> when someone's <laughs> chopping their finger off in a paper cutter. 
Yeah. Um, Liz, do you do you think that he was that he was legitimately trying to turn Cassian? Honestly, it never even crossed my mind that he was lying. Um, I don't know. Maybe I was being naive about it. But yeah, I I I thought he. Re- I was surprised. But um, I when he started talking about it, I thought he really wanted to take the money and run. Um, I kind of thought of it as. I, maybe some more character development for Cassian to show us maybe a little bit more about him. I just maybe to up the ante a bit, um, make the show a little darker. But yeah, no, I it didn't even cross my mind. I, I, the reason it crossed my mind was because it just felt like everything he was saying felt like like he was coming out and saying what he wanted to do. Right, he was saying like it's eighty million in there, we can split it. And also, if he is telling the truth. He would have totally killed and Cassian the minute they got to that moon. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way Cassian's walking away from that. I know he says like, you know, yes, forty million dollars is enough to make people mm-hmm. forget. No, it's not. I think he, that's why Cassian kills him because he knows that there's no out now for him. Right, right. If he says no to him, Skeen will kill him. Mm-hmm. If he goes and rats on him, he won't be believed. Skeen will be mm-hmm. believed. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that is part of it. Um, but just everything he says is just there are multiple ways you can read a lot of his language. And I think that's going back to what Liz said. I think that's really good writing that there is there are these, you know, um, there are these very, very uh, specific and pointed conversations that are written so well that I mean, it's just I think this is definitely the best dialogue we've had in a Star Wars show ever. Yes. Uh, Star Wars show, Star Wars novel or film. <laughs> possibly, yes. Um Yeah, it's it's a very very good. It's a very well written show. Um I think that's part of what is what didn't even lead me to think that because I it never crossed my mind that a writer for Star Wars could get that deep with something. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Other than Timothy Zahn, so okay, mm. all love for Zahn. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that these these two little mini movies, and I call them mini movies. Liz, you watch them all today. How long are were the three episodes put together? Um, well, I remember I checked each episode um, individually. Um, the the sixth uh, episode was just short of an hour. Um, episode four was a little shorter than that. And then the middle one was like 44 minutes. Um, I'm pulling up the end or episodes now. So maybe like, I'm going to say an hour and a half. I think it might even be more than that. I might be underselling it, calling it a mini movie. Hour 45. They count the credits in all of this. So that, that's part of the problem. So let's say like 50 minutes for this one, 40 minutes, that's 90 minutes. Yeah. This is over two hours. This is a full movie. So the the first the first one was a little bit shorter. The first arc was like a ninety minute movie, but still, I mean, these that that's a you know Hollywood wants us to forget that movies used to be ninety minutes long, but it was definitely you know movies yeah. don't have to be three hours long. They Ugh, really no, they really don't. don't have to be. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see where the next arc goes. I you know obviously they don't release trailers. They don't tell you anything about them going into it. So it is it is fun to think about how different the show has felt. Uh, these two these two arcs, to me, feel incredibly different. 
And so it's exciting to think about how different the next one might feel, right? It's cool to have a show where you don't exactly know what the tone of the next arc's going to be. Um, I, go ahead, Liz, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, I agree. I feel like I wasn't necessarily, like, obviously, real excited to watch these next three episodes, but now I'm intrigued. I'm like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to be? Who are we going to meet? I have absolutely no idea. It right. could be almost anything. And that's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Um Matt, do you feel better about the show now? I, I know you. Are. Yeah, be, I know. I'll... I know you're not better about Cassian. Are you feel better about the show now than you did at the end of the first three? Uh, I will. It depends. So if they don't, if they don't add anything new into it in the next arc, by that I mean. They went from the mining group to the internal, you know, organization, the information bureau, um, which I think we're, we're supposed to kind of know about that because I think Krennic was in that. I don't know. Um, he wore white. <laughs> These people wear yeah, white. <laughs> the, yeah, they wear white. <laughs> Krennic wears white. Thrawn wears white. I think it's a whole – anyway. It, like That – adding in a whole another slew of characters is another whole thing on top of it i just don't want them to keep adding layers like that because i feel the show can only handle so much so if we continue with the layers we have now cassian mon mothma guy with his mom bureau i feel like that we can juggle i don't know how much more we can add in um before it becomes a game of thrones type of thing and you have seven story plots in two minutes an episode about, you know, most of them. Right. Well, I, I think that the Cassian stuff is going to be the only stuff that changes from here on out. I think that the other things you've mentioned, there's the Luthan stuff, there's the um, the the rebel the uh, Imperial stuff, there's the Cyril stuff, and there's the Mamothma stuff. I think mm -hmm. those four elements are going to remain in place. But we're going to see Cassian go off on his own. But like we did not see anything that happened on his old planet in these three episodes. So I think we're mm -hmm. not going to see anything that happens to these rebels in the next three episodes. Like I think that those. Oh, we we have the the sister storyline somewhere. I think. Are so we going to get more flashbacks? To no, that, I think or are we that's done it. With that? I think we're done with okay. that. I have a feeling that that was that the I have a feeling the way they thought about it was like the first three episodes are giving you all you need to know about Cassian. The next three are giving you all you need to know about the early stages of the rebellion. And like each of them sort of has a mission statement. So I, I think we're done with the flashbacks. Okay. I think that the Cyril stuff has taken the place of the sister stuff, essentially. Got it. We'll see. Will we be fully Jedi-less? I think so. Yeah, I think Why so. the the kyber even if we're a jedi list are we forceless i guess that's the other question yes i i, th I think because we see any of that. we see kyber and force sensitivity and the keeper of the wills in rogue one right the kyber see is that just a like a fun illusion yes to Jin. i think it's an illusion to Jin, and i think it is a um it's just them being cute Okay. And maybe it's, you know, 
I, I do think that even though there are no Jedi like directly involved with the rebellion, I think that if you ask the rebellion folks, untrue, Brian. Well, it, I know it's not technically. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if, but the rebellion is yeah. not built on the bones of the Jedi. Yes, I agree. But I think that they will all cite the Jedi as inspiration, or many will cite the Jedi as inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you see the Kyber there. Got it. Um, I was gonna say something, and now it is totally been jostled from my smooth brain. So mm-hmm. my apologies about that. Um, I, I assume the internet. Star Wars people, which I guess we are part of, um, but the ones who know Wikipedia better than us, um, have they? Have we seen all the acts of rebellion that were mentioned in the show? I know we've seen some of them. Some of them were familiar. Yeah, I don't believe all of them were, but some of them certainly were. But Matt, because I, 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 I remember what I think I to say. one of it is Phoenix Squadron. I think one of it is Saw that they mentioned. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. There is something that is in Luthen's shop that I would never have caught. I've been watching this um, this guy who's I, – I, I am both impressed by him and annoyed by him. I'm not going to say what <laughs> pop culture website he does YouTube videos for because I don't want to throw this guy under the bus. But mm-hmm. I, I think he has the right attitude about Star Wars most of the time, but mm-hmm. he's sort of insufferable some of the time. Okay. Regardless. He pointed out, and Liz, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't spoil something you're going to see in Rebels in a few uh, months, but there are three tablets on in, in Luthen's shop that each have a hand in the middle of them, mm. and they are the three uh, they are the three figures that the Force can move their hands to open up the world beyond worlds, or the world between worlds. Mm, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. those three hands that are there. Okay. Well, so, Liz has seen the original of that. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. So, Because you know, that's like my, literally my favorite thing of all Star I know, Wars, essentially. I know. <laughs> nice. Any other thoughts on... Uh... On this show before we wrap it up for this week? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I I obviously will continue to watch it for this show. But I, I do have to say, in all my complaining, I do really want to give credit to the actor who I forget his name playing Andor. I think he's doing, a, he's doing a great job. And he... In a vacuum, really making a super compelling character, I just wish they would write him better and not just make him a bookshelf full of um, Chekhov's guns. Like, Right, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Absolutely. Um, all right, folks. Well, uh, I think we're going to do something different next show because we're not. The, by the time the next show comes out, we're not going to have a full arc of this to watch. We got lucky with a fifth week of the month that allowed us to watch three episodes. So we'll do something else for for the next time, uh, and we'll figure that out off air. But until next time, remember, the Force will be with you always.